for the sake of it, I literally drive to Tesco's and just mm. buy loads of crap, like literally like flapjacks and cookies and um, all this. Do you remember that like rocky road that you could yeah, get? Yeah, 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 yeah. Out of the tray bait. The tray bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I used to eat a whole one of them on my cheat day yeah. and I'm more. Like, wait, and like, oh, it's so nice. Yeah. We kind of convinced ourselves that we needed to have a cheat day, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrible. What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Lean365 podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, then welcome back to the channel. So today I'm sat with my brother, Matt. Hey, what's up? And uh, we're gonna be covering everything that we wish we knew when we were younger. Now, we thought this would be a really good topic to do, obviously because we're brothers. Matt's now full-time at FitLab as a head coach. And uh, obviously we've seen a lot of our mistakes over the years. Sure, and yeah. we think that covering this kind of stuff is always gonna be very useful. So I suppose, I guess what we'll start off with, um, maybe a little bit of an intro into yourself, Matt. Obviously, Matt's had an amazing career, uh, started in the forces, in the RAF, um, then went on to the police, which you had a great career in, and now yes. obviously full-time into FitLab, um, working as a head coach, which is absolutely amazing. Um, little intro into yourself, like kind of like where you started and, and where you've got to now kind of thing. Yeah, so obviously, as Chris said, uh, started in the RAF, did, I think it was about five years service in that. Um, then decided, you know, I wasn't, didn't want to be in sort of the military for, for life. So made the move away from that, went traveling for a little bit mm. um, and then decided that I wanted, wanted to be in the police. It was something I was interested in when I was younger. Um, so obviously, yeah, did, did the police for, I think that was, oh, I can't put time in now, but about four or five years about again. about four or five years, yeah, um, yeah. And then only recently, obviously, full time yeah. with myself. Yeah, you know, obviously, as you all know, fitness is something I've yeah. always been interested in at a young age always practiced outside of work um, and obviously, you know, sort of drew great inspiration from yourself of the work you've done. And yeah, I mean, you were what got me into fitness. Yeah. But now it's flipped in terms of, yeah. you've now come into yeah, to yeah, my yeah. world. So it's, it's been really interesting. But, yeah. But yeah. No, loving it. Yeah, really, really enjoying it. Definitely no regret, you know, really, really uh, hoping this is going to be a great career. Well, not hoping. I know we know it will be. be. Yeah, We've so. already got a lot of exciting yeah. things planned. I mean, right now we're recording this podcast in Dubai. Mm. See, a lot of you know I, I live in Dubai. Um, Matt will be moving to Dubai. We thought that would be potentially within the first year of him being full-time at FitLab, but we're now thinking that's going to become a lot sooner, um, potentially yeah. April next year. So that's about six months we've given ourselves, which will be really exciting for us both. So yeah, yeah. anyway, that's the introduction to Matt. Um, so we'll get straight into it. No particular order here. We're just going to kind of fire away. And we've had a bit of a brainstorm uh, before. In fact, we actually did a very similar podcast to all of our clients at FitLab at the start of the week. And we just attacked a few of these and we had some really, really good feedback um, from those guys. So we thought we would obviously uh, take it out to the Lean365 as well and uh, go with that. So the first, uh, I guess, thing that we wish we knew when we were younger would be that carbs don't make you fat. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, that's probably going to be one of the most uh, familiar things that you'll hear. Um, what's your take on that in terms of initially carbs don't make you fat? We know they don't in terms of what, what's your kind of like, uh, well, what did you think when you were younger in terms of that one? Yeah, I mean, when, when I was younger, when I first started out, I think that was generally the, the most popular belief back then was that carbs make you fat. Um, and I think generally that was the advice that was given to people when they were looking to cut and reduce body fat. And it was a you know very commonly practiced thing, things like sort of keto made its appearance, the yeah. Atkins diet. Um, mm. And I think obviously, unfortunately, because people did have success of it, as we know, because they're in a calorie deficit, that was then just seen as the way to go. Um, and I think looking back, it was, yeah, I, it, you know, it might be an approach that does work for some, but for myself, it was awful. And I think for the majority of people, it's terrible. Um, 
you know, mm. it creates a bad relationship with food. Um, and I just think your training sessions just suck. Like you'd spend all this time, you know, gaining muscle, getting to a really good level with, with your strength, mm. go on a cut, drop your carbs. And my sessions used to suck. And, um, mm. you know, I'd, I'd lose motivation really quickly and, and yeah, just yeah. generally not be happy. And... No, I agree. Very restrictive. Yeah. I think the biggest reason why carbs get a bad rap is because a lot of, quote unquote, bad foods are high in carbohydrates. Mm. Whereas it's not the carbohydrates that are making you fat, it's the being in a calorie surplus. Yeah. Which is what people don't always fail to understand. Um, but yeah, based on what Matt said, I mean, obviously I've experienced somewhat keto and there was obviously some benefits. You've seen in my previous YouTube videos, obviously talk about that. But I think at the same time, it is very restrictive. I think unless you fully commit, it does start to really restrict you going forward uh, in lots of different areas. And yeah, essentially carbohydrates, there is nothing in there to lead to you gaining body fat as long as you're obviously in a calorie. Mm, for sure deficit or at maintenance so that's definitely one that you want to avoid um you can eat essentially as many carbs as you want you could still use fat if you only carry deficit we wouldn't recommend that you do that but yeah it's definitely probably the biggest myth that you will hear um you can enjoy your carbohydrates there's probably another like i suppose top we go into in terms of the right types of carbohydrates because there are some carbohydrates that don't fill you up at all you'll sure, eat yeah. them and it is like a bottomless pit so for example, like sugary cereals, obviously like that's not something that we probably recommend to people because mm -hmm. you're just going to end up eating and like almost like binging and never getting full up, then essentially you can't overeat. So that's something to consider. But carbs in them in themselves, they don't make you fat. Um, number two, dirty bulking. Um, you need to gain lots of fat to build muscle, which we know isn't the truth. Um, what's your take on that in terms of in the past? Is that something? I don't think you've really done that, but what's your kind of take in terms of the whole dirty bulking thing on the route? Yeah, I, I, for sure, I think it's, I just think it's a really dated concept. I think it's just, yeah, it's not something that I would ever advise to anyone really. I, I don't understand why you would want to do it. Um, there's no real advantage to it at the end of the day. Um, there is always as a, as a natural, as, yeah. as an excuse, but as a, nat as a natural athlete, there's, a, there's always gonna be a limited amount of muscle you can put yeah. on. You and it's a slow process. For and sure. People don't always realize that. For sure, and yeah. you, you know, you could, could throw an extra, you could put yourself in a 1,000 calorie surplus, so you're not necessarily going to add no, muscle no, any no. quicker. More calories doesn't equal more muscle. Yeah, yeah and yeah. like you say, you know, it's, it is used as an excuse, like, you know, the classic bulking bro, like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat whatever I want. Um, is and, and again, that just creates, you know, poor relationships with food, and it has a counterproductive effect, really, because then you feel sluggish, mm. you know, you, not optimal performance at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that that is a load of rubbish, really, and um, there's no advantage to it. I think, you know, like like we do with our programming, once you find yourself getting lean, you, you don't need to be at a massive uh, surplus at all, literally. So you can essentially, calories. you can still gain muscle from being yeah. at maintenance, and actually at maintenance, mm -hmm. you're going to feel much better. Yeah, um, look better, exactly. enjoy the process, massively. I think that that analogy and that concept has come from the bodybuilding world, and it's been, like, mm. brushed into everyone in terms of, it's a bit different if you're a bodybuilder and like you have, you know, a window where you need to gain as much muscle as possible. And if you're an anabolic, sorry, that's a whole other picture. Sure. But if you're obviously competing like the following year yeah. and you need to gain as much muscle as humanly possible, mm -hmm. maybe there's more logic to getting a little bit fatter. But for Gempop, well, definitely the clients that we coach, yeah. like why would you want to spend 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks getting into great shape, seeing your abs to then blow that from you know gaining muscle which isn't really more optimal anyway um so yeah dirty bulking not something you need to do um definitely would avoid it 
you can grow lots of muscle and get really fit while still looking great. And that's essentially what we do with our clients. We get them up to the point as to where they're consuming a lot of food mm -hmm. and then we'll slowly and incrementally increase their calories um, over time without them obviously gaining body fat. I still believe you can, you can look good all year round. Massively. Dirty Vulcan is one to avoid. Third thing, and this is a really, really common one. And I remember actually doing this a lot when I was younger, um, especially when I used to train after school and like the kind of the rugby club days was workouts having to change um, every single week or, you know, monthly in order to see progress and, you know, the whole shock in your body into growth, which again, we know is, is a load of BS. And sure. I'm sure that was something that maybe you experienced as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, it was definitely something that um, was thrown around a lot when I first started training. Um, and it, it, like you say, it's actually the opposite. You know, it, to be in a, a solid gaining phase and to, to really see progress, you want to be- Rinse and repeat. Yeah, rinse and repeat, um, progressive overload increasing your lift each week, week in, week out. Um, but yeah, I, I remember those days and, you know, doing the most weird and wonderful exercises because you just run out. You run out of exercises to do and you're like, oh yeah. my God, I can't do, I've got to shock the body. So you come up with these absolutely ridiculous variations yeah. of exercises and everyone in the gym's like, what are you doing, mate? Like the side chest press that like you get in from Insisti. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw that yeah. TM Cycles rinse that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, all, there's all sorts. God, I, I remember doing some really weird exercises, but... Yeah, you, you live and learn, don't you? But I think essentially the quickest way to make progress is doing the same stuff and doing it better. And mm -hmm. I know that's boring and that's not sexy and a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that is the fastest way because we build muscle by sure. getting stronger, putting our body through more stress, obviously creating a training stimulus. If we're changing up our workouts every single week, we cannot track that. And if we're mm -hmm. not tracking it, we don't know we're getting stronger. Whereas if you... And this is something I, you know, obviously we look back on our clients' lifts. Like I know that there's some of our clients, even a calorie deficit, who have put like 40, 50 kilos on their squat while still losing body fat. And like, that's the easiest way to know that you are gaining muscle and losing yeah. body fat. And even though it's going to be a, a fairly slow build, if you're in a calorie deficit, you are still gaining muscles. So mm. changing up your workouts all the time, is just not optimal. And especially as well, I think when you actually come out of a, um, a calorie deficit, a lot of the time people sometimes, they want to change their workouts when again, what we've obviously seen is mm -hmm. we start to increase our food is that we're going to get a lot stronger, yeah, more fuel, more receptive. food. Yeah. Exactly. The receptive to, mm. to gaining the right kind of weight is huge. So you kind of want to be following the same workouts mm. for months well, on that's end. The, that's the fun yeah, bit as well. Exactly. You suddenly start seeing your lifts progress. It's like, it's amazing. That's I think that's it. Feeling, like... You want to marry certain lifts. I think you want yeah. to, the certain lifts that if you enjoy them, rinse and repeat them and you don't mm. really ever need to take them out of your training program. It's maybe more of the kind of uh, movements towards the end, the isolation. You can, you can mix up your accessories a bit. Yeah, like I, I think that sometimes with those, yeah, to a certain degree, that, that they can be moved around a bit. But I think you, your core compound exercises have a little bank. You go to yeah, the bank. for sure. And maybe... The may ranges could change a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. 100%. Next up, the timing of nutrition. Um, really getting hung up about consuming food at the right times, the importance of your breakfast, um, you know, not consuming food or consuming food too, all this kind of stuff, the timing of food, we used to get very hung up yeah. with, making sure that like regimentally every two to three hours we're mm. getting our meals in at the right times, breakfast being the most important meal of the day, which sure. obviously we, we now know there's not. Um, that's definitely something I wish I realised when I was a little bit younger. And again, I'm sure the same for you Yeah, as well. absolutely. I mean, it was something that, um, yeah, I used to get like real stressed about it. I used to be like, oh my God, you know, we're getting into a three hour window now. Yes. I've got to I'm, I remember, I'm like, going catabolic. Sure, and like going out on trips. I remember, I remember actually like going out on a, like a social trip with dad. It was just me and him. We went out to London one day 
Um, and I had this rucksack just full of like five Tupperwares and we were going and we were in one of the museums. I think it was the Imperial yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember stopping and sitting on the bench because I said to dad, I was like, dad, I need to eat a meal. It's like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, that's how ridiculous, that's how things were though. That's how yeah. ridiculous things were then. And like, yeah. you know, I look back at that now and I'm just like, oh my God, what was I doing? Stupid. Yeah, especially yeah. now, you know, with the sort of, as we both program on, on a lot of our, our programs, it is having longer windows without food um, and cramming it into a smaller window because that is fun. That's extremely effective. Yeah, yeah, if, you know, the, lots of reasons. It's common sense. If you're not hungry, don't eat. It's yeah. just, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, 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 Especially when you're in a deficit and food's scarce enough as it is. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is be forcing food down you when you're not hungry in the morning. Especially for, like you say, like, I think the whole breakfast being the most important meal of the day, which mm. I think Kellogg's pushed out in the shop. Yeah. Um, like you say, for a lot of our sort of, I, I suppose our more high, high performer clients that mm. are, I don't know, like working busy office jobs. Yeah. They don't necessarily have the time in the morning to be like cooking like these really fancy meals or, mm. or eating their meals or essentially they don't have the need to eat first thing because they're not training, you know, until later yeah. on in the day or something. So like you say, you're almost like you want to try and create a less of an eating window, which is obviously going to create more yeah, satisfaction with your meals. Yeah. Um, it's going to keep you more full. Whereas I think as soon as you eat that first meal, it's very difficult to then not be hungry after a few hours. I think, yeah. Right? Whereas like if you fast when you're in that fastest state, you can use caffeine quite effectively. You don't actually get hungry. Obviously insulin mm. is, is very stable. Whereas as soon as you eat, you, you do sometimes bring it on. So yeah. yeah, the timing of food, I think is, is, is people get very hung up about. And I think I, it's, it's finding what works for you. Yeah. Like the, the, I think some of this rigidness is just, you know, you can go the other way. Like some of these fasting, like, oh, the 16, eight, like I have to go 16. Other that again, I think that's bullshit. Like if you're hungry after 14 hours, you don't have to wait. 100%. Like, yeah, eat, yeah, I can do you know what I mean? It's, it's finding that right balance. It's making it work around your lifestyle. Yeah. Don't work off the clock, work it around you. Yeah. I, I was exactly the same. Yeah. Like, Sometimes I might be doing something in the morning, you know, I might mm. not be able to eat at 12 o'clock, I might be busy, yeah. I might have calls, I might want to eat at 2 o'clock. You've got to make it work around your lifestyle mm. and not get really hung up and live off this little rule book in terms oh, of when sure. you can yeah, and can't yeah, 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 yeah. eat, which is, which is when a lot of people struggle. Yeah. So that's definitely one we want to avoid. Fifth one, faster cardio for fat loss, which I know for a fact, I used to do, I, I mean, I know you used to do this as well, but I know yeah. I used to do this, I used to remember going to fitness first and... Um, doing my cardio first thing, Absolutely, thinking yeah. it made a massive difference when it was mm. actually a real inconvenience for me to go on and do that. Yeah. Um, what was your, what's your take on the faster cardio, I suppose, myth? So, yeah, I think with faster cardio, I think there's, there's two ways to look at it. I think from the scientific point of view, it, it, we know that's, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. you know, there isn't more fat that, that's burned from doing Even if faster you, cardio. Exactly. Like, so, like, the science kind of says that you tap into your fat stores yeah. more when you're in a, fed, in a fastest state. But what actually happens is throughout the course of the day, it just all evens out anyway. So it doesn't sure, actually yeah. matter. It all comes down to the overall number of calories. So yeah. even if you're um, in your kind of fat burning zone or you're, in, you're using fat, I suppose, if you're in a fasted state, it doesn't actually matter if the, if the calories are exactly the same throughout the entire yeah. day. Um, so it's going to come down to convenience for that person. Yeah. Um, and for some people would actually agree that doing cardio in the morning first thing is actually quite a good like for us Absolutely. For example, I, still, I still do it now and again yeah, yeah I, you know um i will still do cardio in the morning sometimes it feels good you do feel good yeah it feels good and it just gets it done you know mm. if you go out and nail you know four or five thousand steps in the morning you're, you're halfway to your target for most people yeah so i think from that aspect it is hugely beneficial but like again you know the whole idea of i need to force myself to do it is just is wrong you know mm. again i remember like you said days of when I was younger, sort of, um, you know, 
days off or at weekends, literally forcing myself. And, I, and I, it was like, I cannot eat breakfast yes. until I've done this session. And it was also having BCAAs as yeah. well to, to not lose muscle. Yeah. 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 And, it, and I was very much in the, like this concept where I was like, if I, if I ate my breakfast, I hadn't done my cardio. It would be like this, like, oh, you failed. Like, there's no point, there's no point in doing it now because it just won't do anything. 100%. Yeah. You won't be burning as much yeah. fat. And, and then probably have a really inactive day, which was really counterproductive to, to the goal. So, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is definitely benefits to it, but it's not, it's that the benefits are more from. It's not physiological, it's more yeah, psychological. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think for, like, for, for an example for us at the moment, it actually works quite well. We get up in the morning, obviously, we're in Dubai. Pretty much every single apartment block has got, you know, like treadmills and stuff like that. So for us, it works quite well. We yeah. get up, it's obviously a little bit less hot now, but where it used to be really hot outside, it's actually okay to go downstairs and, and do cardio. But um, if you're not fortunate enough to have a piece of cardio equipment within your house, um, for you to go to the gym, do your cardio, come home, and then go and do another session. Mm. For some people who are like all in and want to absolutely go for it, then actually that might work. Yeah. But for, I think... Or if you have a gym at work on the way to yeah. work. Exactly. Yeah. But for a lot of people that just want to go to the gym once per day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like once per day, three days per week. It yeah. does not make sense for them to go and do lots of cardio because no. it's more optimal for fat loss. Exactly. Because we know it's not. The sixth one. This is definitely one that we both suffered from in the past. I know that for a fact. So the all or nothing mentality yeah. um, and the idea of having to be perfect to see results rather than obviously just showing up and being super consistent, which we know. What, is there any examples of in the past where you've been very all or nothing with your approach that led you or like what's your kind of approach? With oh, that? for sure. Like, I mean, like I just touched on with, with the last um, topic, you know, say I, there'd be a time where if I missed a, a fasting cardio session or I didn't do it fasting, you know, that would almost probably be like, oh no, like that's, that's it, I've messed up now. Mm. Oh, I might as well just not do anything, you know, and, and, and have a binge or something. Yeah. I think that, and then I think, again, that, that same concept applies to like diet. Like if there was a day where, um, I mean, I didn't necessarily track macros as such back then, but if I like messed up on my plan or something, had something that wasn't on there or whatever, again, you'd be like, oh, well, I've messed it up now. So yeah. what the hell? I might as well just What's go to point? town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, well, I think that's probably what most people really, really suffer from. Mm. Like you say, it's like they'll have, for example, like one of the most common things I think that we see is that people go out you know, and enjoy maybe like a Saturday night and maybe it's not actually that bad. Like yeah. they'll, they'll go out for a nice meal, maybe have a couple of drinks, all that kind of stuff. But then they feel like because of that, they've messed up their entire weekend. Yeah. And then it's Sunday, they feel crap, they make mm -hmm. it worse, it's terrible. Um, and then even Monday gets affected because they feel like they've messed up across yeah. the entire weekend. So um, I think it's just understanding that, yeah, you don't need to be perfect. Um, yeah. And I think I would say that you probably need to operate with around, I don't know, like 80% consistency adherence right you don't need to that like 20 percent can be really yeah anything it doesn't need to be perfect all the time sure um so i think you'll enough mentality really needs to go and i think that's what holds most people back because yeah, how common is that on it off it? Well, we're all human at the end of the day and, and the fact that as well like if you do mess up you draw a line under it you, we're all no one's perfect yeah. we mess up like i'm sure oh we do all body i mean like at the weekend up. we Smash so much food yeah. the weekend, me yeah. and Matt. We watched the win about our control, yeah. Yeah, we watched yeah. the semi finals. Obviously, it was a very good course. Obviously, England lost it, unfortunately, yeah. in the last kick of the game. But yeah, I mean, me and Matt literally went to town on yeah, some yeah, of the desserts yeah. out here in Dubai. We just went, screw it, we're going to enjoy ourselves. Um, we woke up the next day, 
drew a line under it. We drew a line under it. We went and did some cardio, um, and we got on with things. It was absolutely no issue at all. So we're back to our normal routine. Yeah. So we all mess up at times, and you really don't have to be perfect. It's not affected mine or Matt's body composition at all in the slightest. In fact, if anything, um, we've probably trained this week with quite a lot of energy because we smashed a lot of calves at the weekend. So in, in some form, it's actually not done us too badly, but... And you shouldn't try to compensate. If you, if, yeah. if you mess up, don't then think, you know, oh, we need to fast for 24 hours tomorrow and yeah, do two yeah, hours yeah, cardio yeah, because yeah. come Monday, Tuesday, you'll just be back to square one again. You'll be, you know... You'll Your body's just going to be completely yeah. screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 100%. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good one. And, and um, again, I've, I know I was guilty of this in the past, but basically the length of workouts um, and the frequency of workouts that we thought we needed to do to get results. Mm. So we thought that we would need to be um, smashing the gym, doing loads of exercises. I think it's called, like, people call it like junk volume, training five, six days per week to get amazing results. And I mean, there's even a point in my um, kind of history where I was training twice per day. I remember at university, mm. I actually split leg day into two different yeah. movements. So I yeah, did yeah, yeah. a push dominant leg day on the AM, the start of the day. And then I went and did my hamstrings mm. PM which is just absolutely retarded. Like yeah. When I think about it, like, obviously the amount of food I would have been having to consume as well to meet that, but obviously not needed at all. We know that we can um, get amazing results. Like today, for example, we train yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah. Um, one hour, really intense session. You know, we smashed, I think, about six exercises mm-hmm. in, out, including warm-up in, in an hour, and literally we, sure, were, yeah. we were screwed. Mm. Um, so I think that's, again, a misconception I think a lot of people have and I've trained too much in the past. Is that something you did a lot? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's. I think the trouble is that people just they like to, you know, you look at it now with with the YouTube and everything that's readily available, mm. social media. I think people see these like bodybuilders that are like, you know, massively enhanced and training. Their their sole job is to train. Yeah, and, and they can doing, get away with more. Training. They're doing two three hour sessions, and people are like, oh my god, that obviously that guy. If I want to look like that guy, that's what I need to do. But that that's just not the case. No. Um, and I think, like you say, like, you know, there's the old cliche, train um, smart, train harder. You, oh, I'm going to start there. Train harder, not smarter. Yeah, train, train smarter. smarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Train smart, not harder. Yeah, um, 100%. That, that's that's the, exactly the thing. If you know, you should be sort of timing your rest sets, mm. um, training with intensity, hitting mm. exercises that hit the most muscle groups. And you, you can improvise. Like if, you, if you think, oh, you, your normal session takes you an hour but I've only got 40 minutes, mm. well then, you know, superset something or, or even drop a couple of sets, but it, it doesn't, it's not going to make a massive difference. The fact is you showed up, mm. you did the workout, um, you know, your body doesn't know that you didn't. Yeah, 100%. I think yeah. it's, again, it's just like the idea that, I, I remember reading something which basically said that like um, 80% of the results in your workout, which is like that, that whole Pareto principle, which is actually really true. Whereas like 80% of the results of the workout comes from 20% of your efforts. So the way you think of that is like pretty much the first two exercises of your workout, which is pretty true, right? Is is probably going to make the biggest contribution to your results. So for example, Massive. today, yeah, yeah, yeah. squat and deadlift mm. we did today. Like obviously, <laughs> they're probably those two are going to make the biggest difference with like progressive overload, yeah. like the way that we did them, the execution. Um, so a lot of the like the stuff that people do afterwards and just spend yeah. like sets and there's a massive point of diminishing returns in, the, in your training as well in terms of there becomes a certain point where doing more chest or um, doing more legs actually doesn't do any more favors yeah, for you, yeah, does yeah. it? Because your body yeah. doesn't need any more to, to keep yeah. growing. That actually leads us perfectly into our, uh, the next point, which is the whole idea of bro splits. Yeah. Um, which again, going back to that example of diminishing returns, the reason why bro splits for a natural lifter aren't effective is because again like you become 
a certain amount of sets that you do for that muscle group where it's, it's so fatigued that doing more is not going to actually do you any more favors. Yeah. Whereas if you just focused on um, splitting the amount of volume throughout the week so that you did, I don't know, some chest on Monday and then you did some chest on Thursday through two push sessions, um, you'd actually get way more benefits from your training. Massive. And I know for a fact we used to do bro sessions in the past. Yeah. And I think for me it was something like probably the classic, like chest on Monday, um, back and buys Tuesday, legs Wednesday, Thursday, shoulders, Friday, arms. Yeah. Can't even remember what we were doing Saturday, like probably chest again or something. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember how it used to go, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think that that's just for, for 99% of people, that split's just not effective. Mm. Um, Smashing a muscle group so you can't oh, I train remember, it. Yeah, yeah like I used to wake up that day and be absolutely in agony, like so yeah. sore. And then, you, like you say, you can't train it again for another week. And then, you know, as the frequency is far more effective. Like if you can hit a muscle group two, mm. three times a week, you're going to get much greater gains. It's been shown, yeah. Like yeah, actually, absolutely. like scientifically, yeah. through hypertrophy, it's been shown that by hitting a muscle group multiple times mm. is going to be more effective for building muscle. Because the muscle is ready to be trained again within about 40 hours. And you stop, you stop getting results and you stop um, progressing from that muscle group after about that time. Unless you're enhanced. And I think that's... The problem that people get is that yeah. a lot of the training towards natural lifters is um, pushed out by people that are enhanced. So yeah, it's yeah, a complete yeah. false yeah. way of looking at it. So, yeah, I th- what would you say um, for someone, obviously avoiding the bro split, you know, someone that wanted to train four days per week, get the most optimal results, um, they wanted to like grow their kind of all-round physique, what would you say the best split to do would be? I'd say an upper, yeah. upper lower, and then... Um, upper lower again yeah to yeah split between those four sessions is, is definitely the most effective um, but you know you, in three sessions you can make massive progress yeah. three three full bodies is a really effective progress especially for those of you that are hybrid as well if, you, if you're looking to sort of develop like runs or you know other other areas of fitness for sure you don't you do not want to be beating yourself up so that the next day when you go to do I don't know your run or your swim mm. you can't do it because you've you've completely overfatigued your muscles so yeah yeah, I, I would say that the bat, and obviously if you want to spare a little bit more time and you've got the five days, then a push-pull legs, um, upper lower split yeah, is great. Yeah, that's a good split. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, definitely. But, I, I, you know, I would never, for anyone that's natural, even if you've got loads and loads of time to commit to the gym, I would not do a bro split. Bro split, no. yeah. I think the only, only, consi- only time I would probably recommend someone does a bro split is just purely if they enjoyed it yeah. that much that they were yeah, consistent yeah, yeah. with it that is the only time so if someone literally said I love going to the gym and training chess with my mates yeah. I love going to the gym and doing um, shoulders day in that instance purely because they'd probably be a lot more consistent rather than saying you're going to do upper lower yeah um, I say that because it's just exactly the same with food you know like the most important thing is adherence right something you can stick to um, but if we're actually looking at the science you, you don't really want to be spending time doing brace bits no Cool. Number nine, um, cheat days. Doing cheat days, practicing them, thinking they were optimal, thinking they were refeeds, replenishing, resetting metabolism, yeah. building up leptin levels. Um, all this, all this. I'm not going to swear. All this rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually remember that we, I we hundred percent did this. We yeah. literally used to do this. I think for, it was on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, I used to actually drive down to Tesco's like specifically and this is the like even the worst thing about it I wasn't even like you know socially having a, a cheat day it was like 
for the sake of it, I literally drive to Tesco's and just mm. buy loads of crap, like literally like flapjacks and cookies and um, all this. Do you remember that like rocky road that you could yeah, get? Yeah, 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 yeah. Out of the tray bait. The tray bait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I used to eat a whole one of them in my cheat day. Yeah. And I'm more. Like, wait, and like, oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Um, and we actually thought that that was sort of needed. We, we kind of convinced ourselves that we needed to have a cheat day, right? Yeah, fat loss. yeah, yeah. Terrible. I think there was this, this really, again, back to the, the rock. Yeah, this all or nothing approach. Again, like this terrible sort of concept that if you, I even remember reading, I think it was, uh, it was in a like a men's health magazine. Um, I think it was like Vince McMahon or something. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh, if you like eat, you know, like a few bad things every day, it, you're, it's going to store on you and your body. But if you just get it all done in one hit, it doesn't store, bro. Like, yeah. you know, Oreos every day is terrible. But if you eat an entire box of Oreos on a Sunday, you're cool. Mm. And I remember reading things like that was like the concept again. And it was just like so bad. Like, yeah. Literally like you're far better off, you know, if you want to have like, a biscuit like mm, have it. a couple of times a week have it yeah have it don't think oh I'll save it all up for sunday and then just smash like a box of oreos but... yeah i think again i think a lot of it again it, it, it did stem from that bodybuilding world as well didn't it like like yeah. people like the rock and yeah um, there was other people that were doing it as well it's yeah like randy orton used to do it <laughs> probably yeah, yeah it was like some like, other wrestler that yeah. used to do it but yeah, yeah i think the reality is is that you can quite easily offset an entire week's worth of progress from mm. one day really can't you um obviously if you've been in the calorie deficit for the entire week you then have a cheat day which you know let's say you go to town you have four or five thousand calories which you can quite easily do if you start having things like dominoes and absolutely yeah all that rest of that crap yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your calorie deficit essentially is going to be completely gone yeah. so if you're lucky you might maintain being at maintenance which means you won't lose any weight if you're obviously mm. way off you're going to gain weight and obviously that i think that's the problem that a lot of people have you just feel like deaf as well you feel terrible because yeah, yeah, we yeah. actually felt pretty hung bad you feel so, hung yeah. over essentially because yeah. all the carbs yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you and feel horrendous just doesn't you we, sleep, we felt yeah. awful the next day yeah. from from our um a treat saturday night which yeah i agree i couldn't agree more yeah um i think that the well what we preach which i think works really well is obviously that off-plan meal, that flexi day. Mm. But the way that we do it is that we, like, we set the the expectation at the start of the week for the clients that they know what they've got on Saturday. We don't give them a ridiculous amount of calories. We obviously just program in, kind of put them maybe to maintenance, yeah. around about, um, and then we'll obviously explain to them how they can enjoy their favourite foods without binging and, and mm. going completely overboard. But I think actually just almost like preempting that at the start of the week, um, it does massively help because I think if you don't have that what sometimes happens is you think oh, I'll be all right I just want to you know smash it at the weekend I'll be fine then when people do slip up at the weekend they go back to all or nothing because yeah. oh, I've messed up now I didn't think I was going to mess up and yeah. I have I'm going oh screw it I'm done yeah. whereas what we found is that with the flexi day by giving someone a flexi day and actually saying no you can have this they enjoy it and then they don't feel bad at the end of the day because mm. they yeah. wake up next morning like, oh well I've just followed Matt and Chris's instructions it's I, factored I, in yeah exactly it's factored yeah. in it's in their head it's the, the, psycho, the psychological aspect of it yeah is it's okay um, and that's why I think flexi days and off-plan off -plan meals work really well. But there is a very big difference between the cheat day analogy and smashing as much food as you humanly possibly can in a few hours um, compared to that off-plan meal, which is you know well-constructed and, and organized properly. Um, so you definitely want to obviously avoid the first one. The last one, um, this is a really interesting one. I remember so many weird supplements in our cupboards over yeah. the years and weird protein powders and stuff we used to take but the whole supplement 
pointless uh, malarkey in terms of yeah, like buying lots of supplements, thinking they were the, the, the best thing in terms yeah. of fat loss. And um, I think we both were guilty of spending a lot of money on pointless subs over the yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. Um, CLA was was a, was a was a retarded one. I mean, casein. I can't even casein protein. Yeah. yeah. It was almost like oh, we couldn't mass go to bed. Oh. Yeah. Mass gainers. Yeah. What is it called? Mutant mass. Mutant mass. Yeah. And that was a spade, wasn't it? I turned up with. <laughs> They were like, this is a mass gainer. Literally, yeah. They were like, this is a mass gainer. Like, it was the worst protein yeah. in terms of, they literally gave you yeah. a complete trike, a trowel in terms of, like, the, the scoop size was yeah. about 300 grams. Of course, anything that's 300 grams is going to have a lot of calories in yeah. it. It was absolutely retarded. And they just put in, like, <clears throat> manadextrin. ingredients ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just completely mess, like, yeah. like, havoc on your digestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, such, such pointless stuff. Casein. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Casein is actually not... Now, I've actually um, had a work with a nutritionist and he did actually tell me that casein is a very effective supplement and actually did show to be quite effective in terms of um, like improving people's, I suppose, rate of muscle gain. However, I think for most people, it's very expensive. It's not yeah. really something that most people need to have. It's just, no. I suppose, like if you're like wanting to op be optimal with everything, but we looked at it in terms of we had to have casein protein because yeah. we thought and we'd go catabolic overnight yeah yeah which was the stupidest thing ever um which supplements would you say i sit say like give me your five supplements i mean obviously the ones that we kind of use are quite <clears throat> a bit if you had to break it down to five supplements that you think um most people would benefit from which ones would you say kind of the the, the best ones i i think um I'll probably the, to me the most important one is is omega supplements. Yeah, because omega three is it's a really good supplement, um, and it's difficult to get that from food. And naturally, especially in the UK diet, we don't eat much fish in the UK. Mm. It's expensive. Um, a lot of UK people don't really eat that much seafood, which is um, where the most common place to find. I think you would have to eat salmon. I think it, I can't remember exactly how much, but I'm pretty sure it was something like five times, three to five yeah. times per week. That's it. Which actually is more expensive than just taking it as a supplement. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it's a, it's a great supplement, like, for, it's got lots of health benefits. Reduces inflammation. Yeah, your heart. Yeah, 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 100%. It actually um, has been shown to help with building muscle as mm. well, probably because it reduces inflammation. Obviously, if you're in a less yeah. inflamed state, you're going to build muscle more effectively. Absolutely agree with that, definitely. Yeah. Omega-3, everyone. Um, anything else? So, yeah, I'd put that top. And then I'd, I'd say, the second one I, I would say is protein. Um, whey, I, well, I would personally use whey, but to be fair, there's some really good vegan there proteins good available vegan now um, yeah, yeah. for people with digestive issues or, or obviously if they're vegan. Um, it's not, it's not as by any means essential and it's not needed to build muscle or anything like that or half the claims that these supplement companies say it is. But just from a convenience factor, like it's great to have, it's really convenient, especially people that are busy, um, struggling to get their protein intake in. It's a really effective way to do that. Plus, if you, especially if you get a nice way, it's, it's a great for like using, you know, things like protein oats, mm. mixing it with yogurt. You, you can create a really tasty meal, which is actually going to help you adhere to your diet plan. Mm. So I always think, you know, for someone that's undertaking a cut, a really nice, good whey protein with a good flavor um, will be more massively beneficial. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's even worth investing a bit, a little bit more in. Um, if, if it was me, it's such a useful supplement. I would level up and get one that's, you know, really tasty. Yeah, um, I'd say and, so. And good, good, good quality yeah, for your digestion. 100%. I think it does make a difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, I think getting a really cheap whey protein, um, like the one that's like really high in whey concentrate, I think it is. What's the one that's in our cupboard at home? That's terrible. Awful, Reflex one. It was <laughs> one of the cheapest. Yeah, yes. I don't know why I bought that. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Not had that. It tastes plastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, horrendous. That is like the cheapest whey. Yeah. It, that's like whey protein concentrate. Oh, man, horrendous. It's bad, yeah. It doesn't even taste nice in those, no, does it? It doesn't no. mix. Whereas like the, the gold standard or the stuff that you've got at the moment pretty, looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm using mixture at the moment, but the, the protein works. I really like that. Stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that was, what's that one you used to get? Is it like based in Portsmouth or something? Um, oh, time, time for oh nutrition. Oh that's amazing. That yeah. stuff was so good. Yeah. I can't remember what the flavour was. Like um, toffee. Th that was it. It was like toffee pudding. That was literally like, oh my I God. actually couldn't, <laughs> yeah. when I was dieting, yeah. I couldn't have that in my oats. Yeah. Because it would just set me off. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Literally, I'd have that and I would be like, I need to have another bowl. And I remember when I was actually struggling with binge eating, yeah. um, after my competition, I was literally smashing so many oats like that. Mm. It was crazy. But no, I'm, I'm real. I'd probably say to make up that five, I'd probably go creatine, um, which simply because of its benefits in terms of performance. Facts, yeah. 100%. So, you know, completely safe as well. Five grams of creatine every single day for everyone is going to enhance their training. Um, I'd go, num I'd probably go vitamin D number four, just mm -hmm. simply because we don't get much sunlight in the UK. Obviously, if you live in Dubai, it's probably different. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are very deficient in vitamin D. So I think that is a, it's an easy supplement to take. It's like, you know, cheap, simple. Mm. I say last one, probably multivitamin, mm. a good multivitamin, um, probably just because, again, I guess it acts as a bit of an insurance policy in terms of if there is anything you're a little bit deficient with, it can help yeah. just boost up your yeah. uh, your, your yeah, vitamins in the areas that you need. I'm just going to throw one other one in there, which is just a bit of a caveat. If you're... Um, it's not butyl, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. If you're... Um, Vegan, I would really recommend looking into an iron supplement because I know from yeah. speaking that a lot of vegans do struggle to get their iron in. Um, so yeah, if you're vegan and you're listening, then I would I would look to invest in a good quality um, iron supplement. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Also, I'd say whilst on that topic, if you're a vegan, I'd actually say there's a place for essential amino acids or yeah. maybe not BCA so much, simply because you it's harder to make a lot of complete protein sources yeah. when you're vegan, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, like, a lot of complete protein sources, which is essentially all amino acids for us to build muscle, a lot of that comes from um, dairy and meat, mm. so it's harder to be able to hit those. So you, you, I wouldn't say it's absolutely essential, but you, you could sip on the essential amino acids throughout the day, which maybe would help if you are in that category, but definitely wouldn't say essential. Um, anyway, I think that is our top 10... Yeah, biggest things we wish we knew. We pretty much covered all angles there. Stuff there. Yeah, yeah, awesome, amazing. Well, guys, I hope you found this episode useful. I hope we've maybe talked through a few more things. Maybe you've heard, covered a few more myths, um, and given you a little bit of, well, shed a little bit of light on those things, so that you don't make those mistakes. Um, so that obviously you get the best results possible. Um, Matt, it's been really good to have you on the podcast yeah, or good to be here. on this video as well yeah. for people that are watching it on YouTube. Um, guys, if you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure you like it. Uh, please make sure you share it to your story as well. Give myself and Matt a tag. Drop me a five-star review on the podcast if you're loving it at the moment. And for those of you that are on YouTube, please make sure you are subscribing to the channel. Hit the little bell notification to make sure that you're getting um, notified and uh I'll catch you in the next video.